Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. As we get into today's message, ready, we're going to read all together. Ready, read. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're not a church goer, you might feel like that's a little over the top, but let me just tell you, it's really good news. We serve an over-the-top God, and Jesus wants you to live life over the top, and we just believe that when we open our hearts to the Word, His Spirit is here, and He's going to speak to us and refill us and refresh us. If you're a quick flipper, you can turn over to Luke chapter 19, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and just hold your place there. We're going to look at one verse to give us a kickstart in today's message. I want to start with a question. Here's a question that I want every Christian, every follower of Jesus, everyone who says they're followers of Jesus, I want you to listen to this question. Here's the question. Are you listening? Say amen. Amen. Okay. What is the starting point for capturing the hearts of people for Christ? It's an important question for us that are followers. Here's what I have as an answer. Listen, the starting point for capturing the hearts of people for Christ is capturing the heart of the Father for people. How many of you believe that Jesus captured the hearts of the Father for people. I've been saved for almost 30 years. Till I was about 22 years old, I lived for the devil, just being honest. And he's still after me, and Jesus is working on me, and I have victory over him. Amen. But I'll just be upfront. Probably the first 15 years of my walking with Christ, I really didn't share Jesus with people outside of the family people who were far from God. It really wasn't an emphasis for me. And there's a danger for churchgoers to just kind of be regulated to ministry within the walls of the building. And not until I got kind of launched out of our main campus 15 years ago and we're out over there in another church in a different neighborhood and we didn't know anybody and we're trying to get people to get saved and come to service, I realized I might have to go outside of the walls of this building if I want to share Jesus with anybody. Now, I'm not proud of that. I just, I just, it just wasn't an emphasis. If you go to a church where there's an emphasis on sharing Jesus, that's good. But it's very easy to be a Christian and walk with him for years and years and years and years and never capture the heart of the Father for people outside of the family. And Jesus had a heart for people outside of the family. Jesus was going to Jericho 
And there was this man named Zacchaeus. He heard about Jesus because Jesus had been healing and preaching and setting people free and bringing life to people. Zacchaeus, he was short. So he says, I'm going to climb up in a tree so I can see Jesus over the crowd. While Jesus was walking towards the tree, he sees Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. He's like, me? Yeah, you, come down from the tree. I'm going to go to your house today for lunch. And so here's the thing about that. It was kind of weird because Zacchaeus was a Jewish tax collector working for the Roman government. Now, be honest, y'all. None of us like tax collectors anyway. But he was a Jewish tax collector, and he was working for the Romans. So every Jewish person just said, this guy is an outcast. He's a traitor. We don't want anything to do with him. And not only that, but he was a thief. And he was wealthy. He oversaw all of the tax collectors. And he got a little bit from each one of them. The religious community, the church, they got really upset because Jesus went to his house, unknown, outcast, tax collector, sinner, away from God kind of guy, and Jesus shouldn't have gone to his house, according to the religious leaders of the day, or we could say the church. But how many know Jesus was on mission? Jesus was on mission. And the Bible tells us that Zacchaeus has a supernatural encounter with Jesus, God in the flesh. He repents. He sees Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He gives his life to Jesus. He begins to turn things around. He, he wants to repay anybody that he stole from. He makes a decision to follow Jesus. And all the religious leaders are scratching their heads and say, why is Jesus even going to his house? And then in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the words of Jesus, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Can somebody say amen? I'm glad he came to save and seek me. So if you're taking notes or you have a sermon guide, simple title, the message today is called The Pursuit of Heaven. Would you say it with me, church, just so I know everybody's awake? The pursuit of heaven. You know what pursue means, but let me just break it down so that I'm clear. Pursue means to search for, to seek after, or to go after something or someone with the objective of capturing who you're pursuing. Are you with me so far? Jesus came from heaven, catch this, to pursue and capture people that were lost. It doesn't mean that they're lost geographically. It, it doesn't mean that they're just going through life and they're disconnected from God. It means that, but it doesn't just mean that. Let me break it down. Back in Genesis, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and they decided they got a better handle on life than God said they did, and they followed the advice of the serpent who was the devil, the Bible says they were disconnected from God by their sin and they were lost, disconnected out of the family. And Jesus came. Come on, that's good news. Jesus came to seek and to save 
those that are lost. Now, in Luke chapter 15, some of you are very familiar with this. Jesus is standing between sinners and the church. The sinners couldn't quite understand why Jesus liked them. The church couldn't understand why Jesus liked them. And Jesus breaks it down real quick. He tells three quick stories, parables, in Luke chapter 15. Some of you might remember them. The first parable he told was about the lost sheep, and then the lost coin, and then the lost son. Y'all remember those parables? Okay, now let me just ask this question. It's not a trick question, but it's, it's a question we need to think about. Whose loss is it when a shepherd loses a sheep? Shepherds, shepherds, shepherds. Whose loss is it when the woman loses a coin? Whose loss is it when the father lost his son? Jesus was trying to get everybody to understand. All three of these stories point to our heavenly father. Father God represents the shepherd, the woman, the father, because father God lost his sons and daughters to the lies and the temptation of the enemy. He lost them, broke his heart. Still, his heart breaks today for everyone that is outside of the family, everyone that is lost. Think about this. What was God's purpose in sending Jesus? Answer, that God would have more sons and daughters. Well, Pastor Robert, isn't everybody who's born, aren't they sons and daughters? Well, not really. They're created in his image, and every child has to get to the age of accountability where they understand Jesus and they make a personal decision to receive him. But not everybody grows up and is automatically a son or a daughter of God. The Bible says they're outside of the family like I was and like you were until you made a profession of Christ and received him as your Lord and Savior. Then you were supernaturally chosen, adopted, redeemed, filled with God's spirit and brought into the family of God. God sent Jesus so that he can have more sons and daughters. But think about this. You know John 3.16. For God so, come on, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a powerful verse. We could just preach on that, but I just want to point something out. Whoever believes in him, not just the verbal confession, and then live any way I want. That word believes is an action word. Have you heard of it this way? Put your money where your... Walk the... You all come up here. I'll sit down. <laughs> so when you believe in Jesus... You go a different direction. Now, it's not automatic, and God's not mad at you if you don't get it right, because none of us is perfect, but that's what that means. But notice it says, he's the only begotten son. So I'm just curious, only means how many sons were there? 
One. He's the only unique begotten of the Father, Son. Now, here's a question. It's a little tricky, but I think you could get it. How does the only, only, only begotten Son become the firstborn of many brethren? Only one way. God, the Father, has to have more children. How does that happen, Pastor Robert? Romans 8.29 says this, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Every time someone gives their life to Christ, there's a party in heaven. The father gains another son. The father gains another daughter. It's more than just keeping people from going to hell. It's capturing people so that they become sons and daughters of God and they get back into the family church. So powerful. I don't know if you ever known this or not, but Jesus didn't die just so you can go to heaven. He died in part so that you can experience some of heaven on earth. It's the blessing of the Lord. You don't want to live H-E double hockey stick on earth. A lot of people do. As a son and daughter of God, you're in the family. Remember, the title of our message is The Pursuit of Heaven. Here's your first fill in the blank if you're taking notes. Write this down. Big truth of the morning. If you don't remember anything this guy said, Holy Spirit, help them to remember this. You ready? Here it is. People are the pursuit of heaven. Come on, say it with me, church. People are the pursuit of heaven. This is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus preached. This is why Jesus died. This is why Jesus was buried. This is why he was resurrected. This is why he ascended to the Father. This is why he sent the Holy Spirit to live in you and me so that we could pursue people like Jesus is pursuing people. Why? Because people are the pursuit of heaven. I don't want you to feel any condemnation. I'm just talking about me. Saved, filled with the Spirit, on fire for God. God's working on me, going to church. I've been going to services on Sunday for almost 30 years. On Wednesday for almost 30 years. Reading my Bible. God's working on me. God's work, serving, ministry, sweeping, vacuuming, mopping, preaching, and everything in between. Just doing it all. But never even realized people outside of the family are the pursuit of heaven. Not even sharing that with anybody. Not even expecting to share that with anybody. Just going and being part of the church and never even thinking about a neighbor or a co-worker or somebody else on the playground who's far from Jesus. 
Here I am. I'm, I'm walking around. I'm living with the antidote to take people from darkness to light, from sin to salvation, from destruction to eternity in heaven. I'm walking around and I've got the answer. And I'm just going to church on Sunday. Praise the Lord. Don't get me wrong. It's important to minister to the body of Christ. It's, it's important to share the gospel and to, to preach and to teach. But it wasn't meant to just be in the four walls. Aren't you glad somebody shared Jesus with you? Do you remember when somebody shared Jesus with you? Do you remember when you made the transfer from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light? There's people all around you. People all around me. Well, you're a pastor. You're supposed to. No. I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to. People are the pursuit of heaven. So Robert, if people are the pursuit of heaven, how do we capture them for God? Here's a second fill in the blank if you're taking notes. I must preach the gospel. Very simple. Say it with me, church. I must preach the gospel. Now, let me pull away any concern or fear. I don't, I don't mean you have to get up here and do this. Let me, let me break it down. Mark 16, 15, 16, Jesus said this. He told his disciples, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. The good news, that's the gospel. Anyone who believes, watch this church, and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So in Jesus' heart, the way we capture people is to go into the world. That's our world. Doesn't mean you have to go to Africa, wherever you live, wherever you do life. You share the good news of Jesus with people around you. By the way, Jesus made it clear, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. We're celebrating decisions for water baptism today. And it's so awesome because everywhere you look in the New Testament, there is no separating salvation from water baptism. They just happen together. You got saved, you got baptized. You got saved, you got water baptized. You got saved, you got water baptized. Why? Because water baptism in the Old Testament was a way of cleansing yourself ritually, physically. The New Testament, Jesus, once and for all, he died for your sins. You're cleansed. And now we're baptized because it's a step of initiation, so to speak, into the family of God as a follower of God, not just a confessor of God. There's a difference. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but... I've been catching more and more revelation of this. I can't go in it today, but when you get a chance, those of you who are being baptized, you want to read Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Because it makes it very clear that there's some deep spiritual symbolism in our being water baptized. Just three words. Death, burial, and resurrection. When you get water baptized, you're identifying with the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. In God's sovereignty, he put you in Christ on the cross and when he died, your old sinful self died with him. 
It's in the Bible, Romans chapter 6. And then when Jesus was buried and you go down in the water, it symbolizes not only are you dead, but you're dead and buried your old sinful self. Come on, somebody say, I need that sucker to be dead, right? And then when you come up out of the water, you're identifying with the resurrection of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit that brought him out of the grave. You come up in newness of life. Now, this is a major key. If you struggle with sin, if you struggle with condemnation, you're struggling with your identity, you go back to that, and it says, reckon yourself dead. Reckon yourself dead. Count yourself dead. The old you, the old you is dead, and the new you is filled with the Spirit living unto God. Amen? So there's some deep spiritual significance in water baptism. So we're so excited for those of you that are going to be baptized So what exactly is the gospel? I think you know it. It's good news. When Adam and Eve sinned, you were born a sinner. And that's why you sin. Because by nature, we're born sinners. Jesus came to deliver us by living perfectly in a way that we never could. And he became the ultimate sacrifice. He took our sin upon him. He traded us and he gave us his righteousness. Now by accepting him, God looks at us as if we've never sinned. That's good news, friend. Now we can go to heaven and we can be with God forever and ever and ever. We're talking about the fact that Jesus came to pursue people. People are the pursuit of heaven. And if we want to capture them, we have to be willing in the power of the Spirit to share our stories with other people. Just share your story and point them to Jesus. They might say yes. They might say no. But that's not my problem. One man plants, another man waters, and God brings the increase. How many of you have heard of Greg Laurie? He's a famous evangelist in California. He said, 95% of Christians have never led another person to Christ. And there's a lot of statistics with Barna. And I'm not sharing this to bring condemnation on anybody. I'm sharing this because you have the Holy Spirit that lives in you. And if you just pay attention, he'll give you opportunity to share. He'll give you opportunity to point people to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 9.22, the back half, it just says this. Paul said, I've become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Amen. We have to be willing to adjust We have to be willing to come down to their level and talk in a way that they can understand and be real and be vulnerable and say, I don't got it all figured out. I don't know what what I would do without Jesus, but let me point you to him because he knows the way you need to go. He'll save you. He'll set you free. He'll restore your family. He'll give you wisdom for finances. He'll bring you healing. He'll bring you salvation. He'll cause you to experience the peace that you want to experience. He'll cause you to experience the life of God that you really want to experience. He's the answer. You have the answer. Just got to be willing to get out there. Share that. Jesus said, preach the gospel. He he didn't say, just live a good life. Living a good life is good. But we need to share the words with people. By the way, 
At this church, we're going to help people to do that. Keep coming back. Because I, I know it's not easy. And just because I'm, you know, an extrovert, can you tell? And just because I'm preaching and teaching the word, that doesn't mean that I don't get afraid when I know the Holy Spirit is nudging on me to share Christ with somebody. Because I do. We can't do anything supernatural without his help. So just lean in there with me. God will show us how to do that. Okay, here's the third point if you're taking notes. Here's the last question. So keep in mind, if people are the pursuit of heaven, and we need to preach the gospel if we're going to capture any for Christ, when, Pastor Robert, do I preach the gospel? When, when do I share? Here's your third fill in the blank. I must preach or share the gospel whenever God gives me the opportunity. Say opportunity. Friends, if you begin to look to God for opportunity, he'll give you the opportunity. I love what Greg Laurie said, Pastor Greg Laurie said, we need to go to wherever, to whosoever, whenever God directs us. I'm so grateful for the seeds that were planted in my life and someone who asked me the question, do you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior? Had that question ever been asked, I don't know where I would be. I wouldn't be here looking at all you good looking people. Things would be very, very different. As I'm ending our message today, I just want to share you a story. In 2017, it was the night before Thanksgiving. It was a Wednesday night. And that night, we give away food to the community. It's called our Thanksgiving Food Give. The place was packed. All kinds of people coming in for turkeys and gift cards and bags of food. And it's exciting. We share the gospel. And there's this one guy that came in that back door I'll never forget. His name was Paul. He was a big guy, probably about 250, 275 pounds. He had a wife beater shirt on, you know, white tank top. And he came in with shorts and he had a, he had a cane, kind of limped in. I'd never seen him before because if I had, I would have recognized him. I went back there and I introduced myself. I said, how'd you get here? He said, me and my wife were driving by and we saw the food pantry sign. So we thought we'd come in and get some food. Do you have any? for?" Yes, yes. He goes, I have to tell you. I said, what? I'm afraid that if I die... I'll go to hell. I just met the guy. I'm like, wow, this is serious. All kinds of people. It's about five minutes till we got to get started. So I, I exchange phone numbers with him and I tell him my name. And he says, you, you don't understand. I, I used to come to this church when I was a little boy and I used to help my mom clean this campus. And then I got older and life happened. I, I began to run with the wrong crowd and I began to do drugs and I began to steal he goes, but I only stole from people who deserved it, Pastor Robert. <laughs> well, I'm good. I'm glad, good. I'm glad for that. It's good. He said, I've been in and out of prison, and I'm just so lost. Let me have your phone number, Paul. I promise you, I'm going to call you the day after Thanksgiving, and we're going to remedy all this. He said, you promise? I said, I promise. I promise. I give you my word. I'm going to call you. Day after Thanksgiving, I remembered. I got his number, and I went into the room, and I, and I called him. Hey, Paul, you remember me? It's Pastor Yeah, I was waiting for your call. I'm so glad you called. Hey, listen, do you have a Bible? He goes, yeah, I think I got one here. Let me, let me go. He's gone for like 20 minutes. 
It wasn't 20 minutes, but it was a while. He found his Bible. He comes back and said, okay, I want you to open up. I'm going to show you how to get there. And I took him to Ephesians chapter 2. And we looked at Ephesians chapter 2, I think 8 and 9. It says, you are saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that you can't brag about it and say you deserve it. Paul, do you understand that? All of your past, God doesn't care about that. He cares about this moment. Jesus died for you because he loves you. You're the pursuit of heaven, Paul. He wants to give you a grace gift. You don't deserve it. You can never earn it. He just wants to give you salvation. He wants to give you new life, Paul. Do you want to receive Jesus right now? He said, yeah, Robert, I I need to receive Jesus right now. So I had the privilege of watching God bring a new person into the family of God. We prayed over the phone. He repented. He made a decision for Christ. He received Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. It was so amazing. I began to see he is adjusting. Now, he's coming to our food pantry give, and he's helping us pass out food. He's bringing neighborhood friends to service. He's coming on Sundays to service, and sometimes during worship, I'd look around, and he wasn't here, and I'd walk outside, and he was sitting on the porch, and he was weeping because he just couldn't comprehend how God could love him. And how he could be experiencing what he was experiencing through singing songs to God. And the presence of the Spirit was touching his heart. He became a member of Lakeshore Christian Fellowship. Membership doesn't save you, church. Water baptism doesn't save you. Receiving Jesus from your heart, out of your mouth, walking with him till it ends, saves you. So he began to take steps. Serving, coming to service became a member. He signed up to be water baptized. He made the decision. I want to be water baptized. I want to tell the world that I'm a follower of Jesus. Not perfect. None of us are. Still working things out. Devil devil was on his tail, boy. Go to his house and teach him how to read his Bible. People don't know how to read their Bible and hear from God. You got to teach people. We got to learn to do that. So he, he's, he's going after it. I'm going to come back to Paul in a minute and finish that story, but I just want to remind you. One day Jesus was doing ministry. Large crowd of people. Preaching, teaching, healing, delivering, setting people free. The Bible says he was moved with compassion for the multitudes because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then he turned to his disciples and he said, guys, pray. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. People are the pursuit 
of heaven. That hasn't changed. It's still in the center of the heart of the Father. That's why in Luke 15, 7, when Jesus told those three parables, listen, there is more joy in heaven when one sinner repents than there is over 99 just people who need no repentance. He's just looking for the one. He's glad that you're in the family if you're in the family. But if you're not in the family, you are the pursuit of heaven. You're the one. And when you say yes, there's a party that breaks out in heaven. Why? Because God gets another son, another daughter back into the family. So powerful. It was a week leading up to water baptism and Paul was excited we make people a water baptism certificate when they get baptized you'll get yours soon Paul Norton on the 30th day of April 2017 this was his water baptism certificate I still have it it's coming up Sunday morning it's coming up Monday morning early, my phone rang. And it was a neighbor that lived up the street from Paul, three houses over. He was an older man, probably in his 80s. He said, Pastor, I have bad news. What? Paul, he died last night. He had a massive heart attack. He didn't make it. And I wanted to tell you as soon as I could. It was so devastating to his mom, to his friends, to me, to those who knew him. He was like maybe 40. He was a young guy. He never made it to his earthly water baptism. But I can guarantee you I knew he was saved. And he heard these words. Well done. My good and faithful servant. Oh, Pastor Robert, I mean, that was only six months. What about all those years? What about all those years? Forgotten in Jesus. People. You. Me, we are the pursuit of heaven. Would you open your heart, step across a line? Maybe you're here today and you're like, Pastor Robert, you know, I, I grew up in church, but I don't really know 100% if I'm in the family. If like, if I were to die today, I don't know 100% that I'd go to heaven. You, you can know 100% today. Some of you are here, you've been Christians for a long time, and, and you might have just been reminded. People are the pursuit of heaven. And 
God wants to flow through you and through me to point people to Jesus. And friend, let me just tell you, there is no greater joy than to point people to Jesus and actually be able to pray with somebody to receive Christ as their Savior. There's nothing like it, friend. No dollar amount, no toy, no earthly possession. Counts like that counts in heaven. So we're going to end right now. But I don't want to let this moment pass and just assume that you're in the family. I don't want to assume that you heard something, friend, and that, that you're going to begin to share Christ with other people. So I'm going to pray in a moment. But I just believe that when someone steps across that line, there's joy, there's celebration, there's a party in heaven. There should be one here too, amen? So I don't know what kind of a church experience you've had. A lot of churches might say, okay, bow your head and, and everybody close your eyes and nobody looking around. If you want to secretly tell me about Jesus, raise your hand. I don't do that, friend. Not because I try to embarrass people, because I just believe the Bible said, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. If you deny me before men, well, I'll have no other choice because you weren't mine. I'd have to deny you before my Father. And the Bible says, it's appointed once, once, every man to die once and then the judgment there, there's no coming back friend there's no second chance there's no reincarnation it's a bunch of lies not in the bible everybody dies and everybody stands before the judge god loves you you are the pursuit of heaven i don't want to belabor it anymore i'm already preaching too long if you're here this morning you say pastor robert i want to receive christ as my savior or I want to recommit my life to Christ as my Savior so that heaven can celebrate and we can celebrate with you. If that's you, real quick, just raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. If that's you, if you want to receive Christ because you're the pursuit of heaven, either you are still thinking about it or you're already in the family and that's good. Anybody want to receive Christ or recommit their life to Christ? Okay. So you're still thinking about it or you're in the family. How about this? Anybody want to be more open to sharing Christ with others? Raise your hand. Yeah, hands everywhere. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you this morning for reminding us that people are the pursuit of heaven. Holy Spirit, give us boldness to point people to Jesus. Show us the opportunities we have to plant seeds, to water seeds, so that you can bring the increase. In Jesus' name. for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.